Okay, I stated I'm a compulsive overeater. Uh, first of all, I want to say I'm nervous. Oh, John, compulsive overeater. See? Thank you. Thank you. I'm nervous, and, and I can tend to be a little inflated. If I get inflated enough, you'll see me bouncing off the ceiling up there. And you just might have to pull me down, please. Uh, okay. What I want to do this morning is cover the first three steps in my life in regards to those, and do my best not to preach. Uh, one, we admitted that we were powerless over food, and our lives had become unmanageable. And this is what I was like, what happened, what I'm like now. Also, this program teaches me what I can do to like who I am right now. That's so powerful. Um, what I was like, I, I grew up, till I was 35, I was thin. I basically had a 28 to 30 inch waist. Oh, and sorry, pictures, pictures. There you go, Jack. Thank you. Oops. Sorry, sorry. Oh, boy, excuse me. Ah, there we go. Okay. Thank you for bearing with me here. Okay. Yeah, thanks, Matt. Thanks. Thanks. Um, so, growing up as a kid, I, I grew up in a very violent house. My dad used to meet my mother, the black and blue. Uh, they were such a dysfunctional couple. Professionally, they were a great couple. They had a variety store like Woolworths. My dad had charisma coming out his ears, and uh, my mother would, would do the books. And But we get home, and uh, it was night and day. We get home, the tension in the house would be unbearable. It just uh, never knowing when the other shoe would drop and, and the shit would happen. So what would I do? I knew my safety was in food. My safety was in sugar. At the, di- at the table, when we were eating, I'd keep my head down and just shovel it in like hell. Always afraid, again, when was something going to happen. Uh, sugar has always been my drug of choice. Uh, my folks had that store. So every kid's dream, right? Unlimited sugar, unlimited toys. Basically, what they did is they bought my love. I could have as much candy as I wanted. And believe me, I took advantage. And talk about mass amounts, right? Mass consumption. So, I started getting high when I was about three years old. And that high continued and really stopped about uh, three, almost three years ago. To qualify, I'm down from 65 pounds. 220 was my top weight. And I was on my way to going south with that particular weight. I could have gone 65 pounds the other day, the other way. Um, I was a little bit of a delinquent when I got to be an adolescent. I was a gay kid. And not, not growing up in Decorah, Iowa, Northeastern Iowa in the 50s and 60s. So that was also isolation. That was another reason why I ate, another reason why I did sugar. Knowing something was going on, but I didn't know what the hell it was. Um, so what, that's pretty much what it was like uh, growing up. Into my teen years, my uh, dad left, 
And my mother could not manage the business or anything else. She was getting early Alzheimer's. So they moved me to St. Paul, Minneapolis. We all moved. And what they did is they put me in a military academy to straighten me out, which was not very successful. So here I am. <laughs> here I am, right? All the food I wanted at, at, at the morning, lunch, and evening buffet. All the pie, cake, etc., etc., that I wanted at the same time. So the other kids wouldn't eat like that. And I guess I should have had a clue when they looked at me. And they would look at me like, John, what the hell are you doing? But that never came across because I wanted to stay high. And I ate like there was going to be a shortage of food. Uh, again, every one of those three meals, an abundance of food. But yet I felt the shortage because I was pretty empty inside. And I was pretty fucking scared. Uh, carried the thing that went on with my parents for years. For years. So... Up until I, I, I stopped compulsively eating about uh, six years ago when I found my first sponsor. Oh, I want to add this a little promotion here for keep coming back. Didn't have a sponsor for the first two years. There was a woman, a secretary, at the first meeting I went to, after every meeting she would say, John, you're doing great, keep coming back. That is the one thing that kept me in program. I was nuts. My shares would be so off base and so in outer space it wasn't funny. But uh, Carol was there. And thank you, Carol, for all these years of your love and support. Um, and, and doing that really, really kept me going. So when I found my first sponsor, it was like just amazing. Just amazing. This young man, he's in his early 30s. He kept with me, even though I think I drove him up the wall. Uh, but I, I did what he told me. I called him every day, 6.45 a.m., Monday through Friday. I went to three meetings a week. I worked the steps. I used the fellowship. And I did service. I hit the ground running then with service, being a secretary. And since then, I have done service. Um, let me see. Bear with me. Take a pause here for a moment. Thank you. I realized I'm powerless over food. We admitted that we were powerless over food and our lives had become unmanageable. As I've referred to, my life was just totally unmanageable. Um, that food, I gave my power to food. There's a fellow I just adore. And uh, he had a choice, a sponsor once. Called his sponsor and said, I want a piece of pie. His sponsor said, I want you to get down on your knees and pray to that because that's your higher power now. And food is really my higher power. There's the one thing, as I've said, that kept me going in life. And that gave me redemption and, more important, resolution. A resolution that was built on sticks. A resolution, what did I do? I chased guys. I chased food. I chased career. I chased cars and all the other stuff that so many of you know about. The success rate was at, was exactly zero. The 
the constant chase after these things had, had no basis for reality. It was the illusion up here. I don't like living up here. This is not a great neighborhood to hang out in. It, it has messed me up so many times. Literally, I lived from here up and from here down. There was nothing. I was totally out of touch with my heart. And something I've learned in this program is the heart, feel and think from the heart. This is for getting me through life. This is for reading the Sunday paper. This is for thinking maybe I've got an outreach call. But the real, real recovery comes from my heart. I don't live here. I got nothing, folks. Nothing. The way I found program was through one of my dearest friends and my therapist. I really believe in the dual program, uh, program and therapy. Uh, for two years after every session we had, my therapist would say, Oh, hey, John. Never sunk in. Never sunk in. Had an epiphany. One Friday evening, I went to the store and I was eating a pudding ring and a gallon of milk, just attacking it like there was no tomorrow. This orange flag went up and said, John, what are you doing here? Well, I came from one place, my higher power. So I called Tommy in the valley, who's been in for years, saw his recovery, his weight loss, and said, Tom, can I come up and talk to you about your recovery? I went up there. He's a dear man, still in program, great friend. He went through his work with me, and he kept emphasizing higher power. And he told me, John, why don't you stay overnight? We'll go to a meeting in the morning. I'll never forget that first meeting. We went to a meeting in the valley. This old church couldn't have been better. The lead was this person who she'd take her kids to school. She'd go to the bakery outlet store, load up on sugar, black out, wake up, go get her kids, bring them home for lunch. Same thing in the afternoon. And there, there was my story in a nutshell, right there. And I'll always be thankful for that. Came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Uh, my life was insane. I was working for this company, and I, I had a lot of charisma, and I was bringing everybody, everybody uh, joy and stuff like that. One day I walked through the office, and this person said, John, how do you do it? And I said, denial. There's a river, there, 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 there is, uh, like a friend of mine says, there's a river in Egypt, and it's called denial. And um, like I said, it was sugar morning, noon, and night. Some jobs I didn't do very well in. Some jobs I got fired because I wasn't there to do the work. I was there to fuck around and get a paycheck. Is why I was there. Sugar there. And sugar is my theme through this whole thing, folks. In the morning, I get up, have coffee, a lot of sugar in it, Danish. Mid-morning break, another Danish and coffee. Lunch, I always made sure I had a piece of pie, a piece of cake, or something like that. Afternoon break, sugared soda candy bar. Dinner, big dinner, more than one plate. And followed, maybe by two pieces of cake, two pieces of pie, whatever it was. An evening snack, again, something with sugar. So you can see where I kept this going the whole bloody day. I kept that high going, 
so one, yeah, I wasn't working very well, but so what? They're giving me a paycheck. There's always another job. The hell of it was. There's a long time between jobs sometimes. But no matter what, <coughs> sugar became before, excuse me, <coughs> I'm sorry. Sugar came before paying my rent. Sugar came before engaging in life with my friends. And that's something that has changed now. I have friends that are incredible. A lot of them I've met through this fellowship. I just want to put a shout out for this fellowship. The people I've met here are stunning, incredible, wonderful recovery. Uh, I found my second sponsor here, a man who is incredible recovery, who's done so much service, it is not funny. The way I met him was through service. So service is not only giving back. When you give, you get back. You're able to do that. Third step. Made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. I grew up with a God that was very mercurial, vindictive, judgmental. Sin was really the overriding theme in that particular church. You know, fart, and it would be a sin. <laughs> and um, uh, it, was just, uh, it was just incredible. So therefore, I was always living in fear of this, of the clergy people, uh, the teachers. Uh, I, I went to a school in this particular religion. Um, I always believed in a higher power. And I remember when I was 19, I had a choice, right? Either live life as a gay man or stay in the church. Well, even then, I think there was a higher power. And the thought that came immediately to me, chuck the church and take the best and leave the rest, which I have done. Maybe one of the decisions best that I ever, ever made, because it gave me the freedom to live life on my own, gave me the freedom to make my own decisions. Again, again, very compromised by the sugar. But at least I didn't have this church hanging over me anymore. How did I find the God I have now? My first sponsor, we, we got to that third step. And he said, John, write a want ad for the kind of sponsor that you want. Wow. But I, what did I put in that wanted? I wanted, I want a higher power that always loves me. Higher power that's always there. A higher power that will give me what I never got before. From my parents, from the men I used to chase, from the sugar, from the food, all that stuff. And that was a revelation for me. It was like night and day going from a higher power who still lived in my head, by the way. Again, I don't want to be here. Because all the crap I got from that religion lived many years. So, again, therapy and program. And, and I, I'm just talking about myself here and my program. I'm not talking about other, what other folks should do. And, and those two things pulled me out of that particular pit with that. Bear with me. 
the decision to turn my I'm sorry I don't know if I read this step or not three made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him it's amazing how my higher power lives in my life right now pictures that are being passed around the one on the right the upper picture is my sister's wedding um my sister was one of the dearest friends I've ever had in my life. She was incredible. Wheelchair for 40 years, raised a great family with her brother, with my brother-in-law. A loving, generous, good woman, suffered terribly toward the end of her life. She died last summer. The one event I dreaded more than anything else. I kept saying, how the hell am I going to get through this? I talked to my sponsor about it. I talked to my therapist. talked to my friends. talked to other fellows. There are a lot of people in this room I would not have gotten through it without you. Absolutely. Well, she died. Higher power time. I went to the funeral. I was able to be of service there. There was a lot of food at the reception. No. No, it was not about the food and again my higher power it was about being there talking to people I hadn't seen in years I was a little afraid of the ability to connect with them I found a whole new family is what happened there if I would have concentrated on the sandwiches the cake yada 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 that would not have happened at all so yesterday right I'm walking down the sidewalk on my daily walk and I started bawling started crying I staggered and it probably hit me more than it has any other time during this whole experience I called my sponsor and left a message and then I started praying I just said God please take this from me God please take this coming what's that Carol five thank you and um, I made it through I made it through this program is not all about the food program is spiritual first the wait second this is a little bit about the food I, I went to the market afterwards I got the two things I wanted and I left every time I go to the market to get from point A to point B I have to walk through the suites every so often I'll look at them I'll say once you were my best friend but now you're my worst enemy I was at the bus stop and God help us God help me. <laughs> they now have a donut burger. <laughs> so, there it all is. There's sugar, carbs, grease, all in one. My, my fondest wish and my worst nightmare, all at one time. All rolled into one. One of the most important things for my current spot is in today. I sure as hell don't know what happened yesterday. I kind of know what will happen today. And I don't know what will happen tomorrow. I made mistakes yesterday. I'll make mistakes today. And I'll make mistakes tomorrow. Am I a bad person because of that? No. No. I'm a child of God. Another fellow told me I was going through a real crisis, and she said, let the fellowship hold you in their loving hands until this passes. 
I can't tell you how many times that has been true. The most recent example with my sister. And many, many other examples in my life as well. The last few minutes, I want to go back to the fellowship. Uh, that's the one thing that kept me here, honest to goodness. That is the one thing that keeps me coming back that I walked through the door this morning. I, I also uh, make coffee. And thank you, Michael, for asking me to speak. And, and that gets me here. Uh, I don't know how you say no to Michael. He's like a velvet fist, a velvet glove and an iron fist. <laughs> it's just, just not possible to do it all. I want to say no. I don't have enough recovery. I don't have this, that, or the other thing. And Michael has that magic that says, I love you and you can do this. And uh, just like so many other people in this fellowship uh, that I, I know and love. I go to the market. There are, where do I go? I go to veggies. I go to protein. Wow. That again is a miracle. What did I use when I used to go? I would stop first at the candy. I stop at the carbs. I stop at the bakery. And then I pick up a few other things. Um, what's it like now? I don't do that anymore. But again, that's just for today, for this minute, for this second. I can lock out that door. And if I don't keep my higher power with me, the fellowship with me, all of you, I could lose it. Lose it in a minute. I could go into that market, go back to the old behavior, take myself out, trail off, coming to program, and within six months, I'd have that 65 pounds back again. Most important, though, I would not have a spiritual life anymore. And my life was hell before having that spiritual life. Now, I live a life beyond my wildest dreams, not in terms of material things. I don't have a car. I live in an apartment the size of a postage stamp. I live on a very fixed income. When I've gotten this program, I've gotten you. I've gotten a sense of freedom. I've gotten a sense where I can dream. I not totally let go of resentments. They still happen. I have admitted my character defects. I've asked my higher, my higher power self to relieve them. I worked the fourth step, turned my life around. I was blamed other people for what I did. I had nothing to do with it. So, I appreciate your listening to me. And uh, you're all wonderful people. Thank you. This is the time for questions only. There's no sharing at this meeting. Need to share, please do so with any one of us after the meeting. Also, please remember that the opinions of the leader are my own and not those of Overeaters Anonymous as a whole. When asking questions, you need not identify yourself. Please remember, if you ask a question, your voice may be audible on the OA podcast. First question, please. Jack. I'm Jack filling in with this question for Carol. Uh, Hi, Jack. Can you tell us how service has helped you? Oh, wow. Thank you. It's a wonderful question. Uh, 
as I mentioned a little bit. Oh, I'm sorry. Thank you. How has service helped me in this program? Is that correct? Thank you. Oh, boy. That's a big one and a wonderful one. As I said, Carol was at one of my first meetings. I became timer. I had a phone that could not time. I messed up. Nobody said, John, you fucked up. Then I became a secretary. I was not a good secretary. I'd leave the stuff at home, after at home, get it, bring it back, hand things out imperfectly, do everything else. Nobody said, John, you messed up. I really started doing service at this meeting, um, setting up chairs. Tony P. was set up person. I, I had no idea who he was. No idea of the huge role that he played in this fellowship before he left. His humility was amazing. It was so funny, though. I would take a chair and I would place it. Not on the line that Tony would come over and say, John, this belongs here. <laughs> and uh, it was wonderful. It was wonderful. We got to form a wonderful relationship. He's always gotten early to a meeting, so if I used to sit over there in kibitz before the meeting started. So it started there. And I got a chance to do literature. I was pretty shy. Michael came over to me, one of the first people, shook my hand, said, you're doing a great job at literature. So building a structure of literature with fellows, it's a way of giving back. I went to the memorial for Roseanne a number of years ago. And people were talking about her, who knew her at the beginning. Roseanne, by the way, is one of the people who founded our fellowship. Everything was in her kitchen. There would be uh, literature. There would be handouts. Uh, she would have boxes, boxes packed to put in her trunk and, and to take to meetings that were going. She'd check on fledgling. She'd take phone calls. She would give everything out. Um, when I heard that, my, my heart just went out to everything. And so, service is giving back, primarily. Also, service gets my ass to a meeting. So, I recommend service to everybody. Don't want to tell you what to do. Ain't my role here. But I do want to say that uh, that's the most wonderful thing. Like I said, I wouldn't have met my present sponsor without it. Do I ten, do a tenth step every day? Yes, I do. Because, like I said, I make mistakes. I can make, you know, I can resent somebody on the bus because they went in front of me. Um, one of my biggest character defects, oh, God help me, I used to go off on clerks in the store. Just cause a ruckus. 
And man, what it did to the people around me. There's a line in the big book, we can cause chaos in other people's lives. I used to do that. The volume has been turned down on that. It still will happen sometimes. I'll get a little bit short. I will do that. Ain't my place to do that. This person is doing the best job they can. In working a tenth step, been able to recognize what I did. Able, more important, and this is the most important part, part for me, is to see my part in it. Because like I said before, I never saw my part in anything. I didn't do anything wrong. I was perfect. But again, it was all up here. And then, go through how it affected me. What's most important, though, is I forgave myself. Not forgiving myself <clears throat> means I go out into the world carrying a chip, a constant resentment. Everybody owes me because I am the center of the universe. I hope that answers your question. Thank you. Hi, I'm Jason. Hi, Jason. Um, you talked about your higher power, um, and I, I wonder if you could speak about how uh, your higher power went from your head to your heart. Doing service? No, just. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, I, I'm sorry. That's not answering. Right. <laughs> my, 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 my apology. My apology. I'm sorry. Um, thank you. How did I go from my head to my heart? And you see what I just did? A little character defect came out there. I implied that you were wrong, and and I'm uh, I'm sorry about that. Working the program brought me from my head to my heart. If I don't work this program, I, I'm in trouble. Uh, like I said, my head always controlled my life. And now my heart is in charge much more. My higher power lives here. My higher power doesn't live out there even though I know what my higher power is. My higher power lives here. There's now a connection between these two. This one no longer runs the show. This one is no longer denied. So program did it. Therapy helped a lot. Friends helped a lot. Uh, living in this city helped a lot. All those things came together which I could never recognize before. Program has cleared the head out. Only program has allowed the connection. And this is the dominant partner in this particular relationship. That's what it is. That answer your question. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Hey, Welcome. I would like to know um, if you struggled gaining um, the long-term abstinence, what it was like in the very beginning, and if um, since that time have you changed what your abstinences are and what that would be? Sure. The question is, how have I maintained long-term abstinence? And I'm sorry, what was the rest and of it? And since the beginning, are your abstinences different now or from the beginning? Thank you. And have my abstinent foods changed now than they were in the beginning? Indeed, there's been an evolution. I started out with the carbs and sugar. Um, pretty much so. 
Uh, the carbs kind of drop by the wayside. I can now deal with carbs again. I don't do that. My higher power does that. Right now, my abstinence is no sugar, no recreational sugar. What do I mean by that? No pastries, nothing like that at all. Because pastries are my downfall. I have one pastry, and I'm off to the races, and I'm pretty much out of here. Uh, right now, sugar, peanuts, peanut butter, and chips. Also, anyone. I used to buy a jar of peanut butter at Trader Joe's. Killer stuff. I try to negotiate with that. <laughs> you know, I tried to be in charge. And I'd say that's going to last me five days. Well, second day it was gone. Anytime I negotiate with food, I'm going to lose. Um, so the evolution, the main thing in that evolution has been turning it over to my higher power. That is actually the main thing that has done it. Lost my abstinence a couple of times. Okay. It's the ground running with a honeymoon, the pink cloud for 14 months. And here was a muffin with my coffee. I didn't see it. I said, fuck it, eat the muffin. So we went off for about eight, nine months. And then something happened again. I don't remember. And then a number of years ago, I really tried to negotiate with a little package of sugar crackers. Not till the third day did I see that was sugar called my sponsor. That was it. Now I have my current abstinence, which I rarely think about sugar anymore. I hope that answers your question. Thank you. Hi, Anne. Thanks very much. Could you talk about that experience last uh, year when you dreaded uh, losing your sister, you lost your sister, and how you got through it and what it taught you? Sure. Last year, I went to visit. I was able to be there and, and be of love of service, not make it all about me. We called each other once a week. And, of course, on a holiday. And that became one of the precious things for life, especially the last year. I remember she called me, and she had two choices. Either pursue an aggressive medical treatment that would be painful, had to lie there and not move, or hospice. In a heartbeat, I said hospice. I did not have to think about it, because this was gone, and this was talking to me. Oh boy. Let me pause for a minute. Hmm. I'm trying to figure out what to say next to this. That last year, the last four or five months, she really started going downhill. I would call her. She would never say, John, I feel lousy. John, I am just not good. She would say, not too bad. I was talking to her on the phone once, and I said, Sue, I'm sorry you feel this way. She said, don't feel you're sorry. She said, Sue, I hope you're getting better. She said, no, don't say that. I said, Sue, you're suffering. She said, yes, that's the thing to say. So the recognition of what she was going through was very important. Like I said, I got to the funeral, did that. When she was leaving us, they called me and put me on the speakerphone. I said, I saw a film where the escalator was going up to white light. 
Second thing, though, and, and here's where my dad gained redemption finally for me. He told me a story once when he was a young man that he almost drowned in a river. A friend of his came down to rescue him, and he saw the uh, white light and all of his ancestors on the other side saying, Come on, Bill. And I shared that. His daughters came up to me and told me that's one of the most powerful and helpful things that they heard. So that evolution, which did not, did not put me in the spotlight. Yeah, I suffered. That wasn't the main thing. Oh, I'm suffering, I'm suffering, everybody. Help me, I'm losing my sister. No, no. To be there, to be present for my family and to honor her memory. I hope that answers. Thank you. Yes. Step three, I keep turning it over. Higher power, nature. My friend Tommy you know, brought me in the program. One day we're driving around the valley. He says, oh, look at the wonderful tree. And he said, John, that's a prayer. So every day, many times, I'm saying a prayer, a beautiful sky, beautiful cloud, beautiful tree, beautiful person. So that really helps with my higher power. The universe. Right now, in the universe, things are happening. Stars are being born. I can't do that. What does it? A higher power. My sister is the third in that particular trinity. I pray to her. I thank her every single day. So my higher power is there with me, except when I make the choice for my higher not to be there. And it's a conscious choice when I do that. And I start feeling bad. I start feeling less than. I'm no more than, nor nor less than anybody else. I'm in the middle of the herd. My higher power always finds me there and carries me through. Does that answer your question? Thank you. Anybody else? Yes. What is the greatest gift you've gotten this program? Greatest gift I've gotten is loving myself. i to realize that, hey, I'm a worthy human being on this planet. I'm not a bad person. I'm not a horrible person. I am somebody who I, again, I am a child of a loving God. Because I always pretty much used to hate myself. I had a great image once. I used to work in mental health. I think I would have gotten a clue, right? I didn't. And, uh, uh, and this colleague of mine said, a patient came in and said, that person's self-image is so low, if they were sitting on a dime, they could swing their legs. And that's exactly where I was at with that. Again, covering it with sugar and with everything else. Fellowship is the second thing I've gotten from this. More important, I should have put this number one, is I've gotten a higher power. We got it? Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. <clears throat>